we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassman coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, of course, Joe Sorrell hopefully will join us. He's been working hard all day because he's working at Simblades, his company, Simblades, with a Y.com, plus his Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. He will be doing, most likely, an earlier episode of Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soros. So check it out later tonight, right here, the Lakers Fast Break. Good friends, the Lakerholics, who are not happy right now, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom. They were on earlier today, so go ahead and check out Lakerholics Spotlight. But yes, go ahead and check out what they do on a daily basis at Lakerholics.com. Hernan said Joe is going to be mad tonight. Absolutely. The way the Lakers played defense and the way they rebounded tonight. I said it was a key in the pregame. And unfortunately, they didn't listen to me, but it is the Lakers. Make sure you go ahead and check out all of our good friends. In fact, Joe is coming on right now, Mr. Simblades himself. But go ahead and check out what we're doing right now. But also go ahead and check out our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Yo, also as well, Lakers in five. John Costas, Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. And of course, the John McCainlian channel. Please support all those channels. But of course, please like. Follow and subscribe, whether you're on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, wherever you're catching us. Please go ahead and check out what we're doing today at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. The Lakers coming in today, needing to go ahead and get a win with a very tough schedule ahead to try and close the gap between them and the team that they were facing off in Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. But today was a day where the Lakers uh, got down early, offensive rebounding, Killed them, absolutely killed them. The attention to defense, even with the shorthanded roster, the defensive rotations were absolutely abysmal. And the Lakers ended up giving up 72 points in the first half. And the Lakers cut it down to two in the second half, but it was not to be as the Lakers rebounding again, getting out rebounded 14 to three on the offensive boards. The Phoenix Suns shooting over 40% from three. And Yusuf Nurkic absolutely killing the Lakers with 18 points, 22 rebounds, 7 assists, including 7 offensive rebounds, absolutely killing the Lakers as they dust off the Lakers in the fourth quarter with a 123-113 to victory. Yes, I know the Lakers were a little bit shorthanded, but still falling too much in love with the three-guard rotations. Hashimura was out for a stretch. Nobody could figure out why Prince was in there more. Dinwiddie was absolutely abysmal, playing like a buyout guy. Here today to go ahead and discuss all the problems with the Lakers today is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today, as I said, at Simblades, simbladeswithawhy.com, and later tonight as part of a nightcap for you at Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro. It is Joe Soro. Joe, good to have you here. Uh, what can you say? A game that they must have had, they must have. It was a must-win game for the Lakers, but the desire on the defense and boarding end, rebounding end, proved to me that the Lakers just, they take games off like this, absolutely getting killed on the board, Nurkic toying with the Lakers, and they just needed a, you know, they got the shooting that they needed from the outside from not just Booker and Durant, but from all everybody else, Grayson Allen. Royce O'Neal, Bull Bull shooting well from the outside. It's a recipe for a disaster for the Lakers, and they didn't get it done today. Maybe I didn't see the same game some of you saw. 
I was mobile all day today. Usually Sundays are my rest days, but <clears throat> something's coming where even my weekends are starting to get a little heavy. Uh, unfortunately, uh, <clears throat> things are starting to get heavy for the Lakers here towards the stretch run, and uh, they're going to continue to get heavier to the point where they're probably not going to be able to carry it anymore. The Lakers lost tonight, losing the way they've been losing all year. Uh, there isn't any effort issue in terms of what I saw tonight. We saw effort. I saw effort. I did. I did see effort. I, I was trying to deny it in my head that it was effort because that would be a reason why they're losing. <clears throat> it's not. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not that. They are losing in the same way they've been losing all year, which is giving up offensive rebounds. And not only giving up offensive rebounds, but giving offensive rebounds in the worst way because the other team ends up scoring after it. Uh, I didn't jot down the, the scores, but I counted for sure. Out of those 14 rebounds, they scored at least on those offensive rebounds 14 points. It might not be 14 points, but in my head, while being mobile, I think I counted 14 points. That is an absolute devastation to your team. We, The Lakers won a championship in 2010 in a game seven because the Celtics could not rebound. And we they only won by four. If the Celtics had just sucked at rebounding that night, they would have won. But they were abhorrent. Abhorrent, you probably heard me say that word a lot more this year. But that's what the Lakers have done for an entire third of a season, which is not able to rebound. Their feet don't seem to move. Their positioning don't seem to be in any kind of coherent positioning. Their eyes are too fixated on the ball instead of actually going after the ball. These are things that you're taught. These are things that, you're, that are implemented in practice. These are instincts that are taught. These are fundamentals that are taught, things that aren't taught right now, at least from what I've seen, based off the results. So you have offensive rebounding issues that you've had all year that you haven't addressed in any way. You have consistent complaining by your star. You saw that last play where it pretty much was the dagger where LeBron was complaining, it was four and five again. Now, it was unfortunate that AD got tangled up uh, with whatever camera person, which, by the way, folks, seems to happen every other game, too. So you had your two pillars on your team who consistently leave their teammates in the lurch with a four on five, uh, with a four on five uh, setup and on the opposite side of the court. And guess what happened in both those possessions? Threes. Now, you can sit here and you can say that Darvin Ham isn't putting the right guys in here. They're putting the right. It doesn't matter, folks. He could, he could put, he could do all that. He could put Max Christie in the best position possible. He could put Torian Prince in the best position possible. He could have everyone playing exactly the minutes that they're supposed to. It doesn't matter. This team cannot do the simple plays, and they're not fundamental in any way. And this is a team that would flourish if they at least did those because they're not talented enough to combat what's going on. Now, the sad thing even more tonight was the fact that Kevin Durant and Booker 
were not really that Booker and Durant. Grayson Allen went off. Bull, uh, uh, Bull. Royce, Royce went off. Bull, Bull went off for a second, but that was just lucky stuff at the beginning of the game. Of course, Nur- Nurkic was absolutely destroying everybody, and including AD. AD kind of got in a in a kind of in a tight situation because he didn't want to foul out. So there was some understanding there. But even with all that, it still comes down to the basics. Okay. If you're not going to get that rebound, especially in the positions you're in, where most of the stuff was pretty close to where they were at, but they just couldn't get the ball. And then you allow a, a score. And the mental part of this game, where if you can't handle not going back on defense because you're frustrated, you are putting your team in a situation where they're going to start just not relying on your leadership. And it's been constant all year, year in and year out, or I should say, month in and month out all year this year. And it's just it's just repeating itself. I have this pit in my stomach watching the games. It's a it's it's this disdain for incompetency, not just from coaching, it's from the players, it's from the inability for these guys to do the basics. Do you they need to be taught, they need to be conditioned for this. They're not doing it. I don't know if no one else in the NBA is doing it. Is 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 Denver doing this? Is the, are the Celtics doing it? I'd like to know. Maybe maybe we have maybe this game has passed us by. It might have passed me by. Cuz I mean, I'm I'm not that old. I'm 45. I shouldn't be watching a product and going, "Wow. This is really bad product." But it doesn't matter because salary caps go up, pay is going up. What do I know, right? Does it matter in the end? So if it doesn't matter in the end, then what's the last call here? The last call is, well, it's passed me by. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. The only thing left to do is to either continue to be a masochist or go off into the sunset. Because... This particular team right now, they're they're ready to go. They're ready to go off in the sunset, and it's it's not going to be the, the the Hollywood ending either. It's going to be the real life ending, which is the end of the AD LeBron championship run, and they're going to have to figure out what's the next ten years going to look like here this summer. Otherwise, hello Robert Sacre type years coming. Once again, it is the Lakers' fast break. The Lakers do lose 123 to 113. They're now 31 and 28, 10th place in the Western Conference, now behind officially the Golden State Warriors. Again, Joe, it comes down to the offensive rebounds. I understand AD got hit with those two early fouls, and obviously that was a detriment to the game. But Joe, 14 to 3 on the offensive boards, some of that is based off of effort. Some of that is based off of the fact that their defense was absolutely abysmal in that first half. That sets you so far back and you have to climb up. We've said this before many times. I've said this like a broken record. When you're and you start off the game that poorly, it you just climbing back up that hill is so hard to do. And you saw the Lakers started to run out of gas a little bit in that fourth quarter because they're shorthanded anyways. There, but the thing is. Rui Hashimura seems to be someone that they're pointing out, started out the game very well, 
kind of got forgotten about and lost, you know, after he his first stint coming in the third quarter. Instead, you got a healthy dose of Spencer Dinwiddie and Torian Prince instead. It's the job of the coach, and ultimately the coach is the captain of the ship, regardless of who the star player is. He's the captain of the ship. He makes the calls. The things we discussed just now are fundamental, lacks of fundamental basketball that are not being implemented in practice, in preparation, game in and game out. And these players are not willing to do it on their own. So there's no other choice but to watch what we're watching. What we're watching is a broken, I should say, I'm sorry, not broken, a fractured team. It's a fractured team. It's not the best talent in the world after two, but it has some talent. If it's coached correctly, it would be very effective. I really believe it. You have D'Angelo Russell, who has a phenomenal offensive repertoire. I mean, he is an all-star on offense when he's on, a perennial all-star. He could average 20 to 25 points a game when he's on. And he's been on a lot here. He's 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 been hot. So you can't come back and say, well, D'Angelo's not doing this. D'Angelo has has improved leaps and bounds on defense this year, not to the point where it's saving the Lakers, but at least he's putting in the effort. At least it looks like he's doing some off-the-court stuff that's trying to improve the game. You have Austin Reeves. At the end of the day, folks, he is a non-drafted player who has gotten to this position. We we cannot complain and, and with a straight face with that. He is a starter in the NBA, and he wasn't drafted. And he's a pretty effective guy. Then you have Rui Hachimura, who for some reason can't get 35 minutes a game when they need it. Why? I don't know. Spencer Dinwiddie, we knew what he was. It's not a surprise he was missing shots. He missed the shots. I was hoping they'd go in, but he's been shooting 32% from three all year. I, I don't know how that would have changed coming to L.A. I really don't, especially with the the spread offenses all over the league. It wouldn't have mattered. Usually you could use the excuse of, well, LeBron's going to draw the uh, players in more and you'll have more open shots. No, everybody gets open shots these days. Look at what Grayson Allen and Royce O'Neal did tonight. They, today. They just they, it didn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Anyone can get open shots. Max Christie got two open shots when he got into the into the game, it's just that's the NBA. So it's it's just a combination. It's Stone Hansen said it best. He said it's an organizational failure from top to bottom. I've said Ownership. that. I'm sorry. I uh, said that. Gerald said it. Uh, sorry, Gerald. My mistake. I knew you were going to cry about it too. That's why I said it that way. Genie, Rob, coaching players, all have the same issues and it's just if i had to put a funny term to it they're all they're all blue balls it's all blue balls they make these comebacks they're down two you're thinking maybe they might tip it over boom it goes back to 10 immediately it's it's they should change their names to the los angeles blue balls this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 123 to 113. I can't say I disagree with you on, on Austin because it's like found money when you have a player that can play rotationally you know, for you. Uh, but he did get picked on relentlessly, especially in that first half on the defensive end. Uh, you know that's why he was not drafted was his defense. Offensively, he needs to make it up for it on the offensive end and just didn't get it done today. We needed... 20-point games from both D'Angelo and Austin. Unfortunately for Austin, that wasn't going to be the case today. You you have to expect guys like Booker and Durant to do what they do. Uh, It doesn't matter whether it's D'Angelo, whether it's uh, Austin. These guys are supposed to destroy everybody. That's who they are. They're Hall of Fame players. That's irrelevant in the third quarter. In the third quarter, they were rocking and rolling. But they wasted so many possessions, so many open shots with bad decision-making, lack of focus. There was a play, I believe, what was it? It might have been uh, the end of the third quarter. LeBron yelled at the players for almost turning the ball over on the inbound, which I thought was a little ironic. And that's probably why he doesn't do it a lot, because he has that issue too. Lack of focus. The lack of attention span. This is the, this is the generation's mindset. This generation of lack of attention span, and it's not the teen, pimply teenage kids. It's not the college dumb dummies. It's everyone. Everyone. I've been to trips where I've seen gray-haired old people with their gray-haired children sitting at an eating area and all of them have their phone and their heads like this. What's scary, though, is after that first quarter, they were terrible with the ball. Six turnovers in the first quarter. They only got 10 in the game, but that crucial one by AD where he stepped over at the line, that was that was the, that was the beginning of the end, in my opinion. The right crucial there. part is what's been crucial all year. We can't, we can't continue to blame certain things in the first quarter or whether Booker did this or whether Durant did that. It's irrelevant because the relevancy is what have the Lakers been doing all year consistently? Exactly what they did in this game. This is not a surprise. This is what they've been doing all year. It just was ramped up a little bit more. 22 rebounds by Nurkic. That's how bad the Lakers are on the offensive boards. They're the worst rebounding team I've ever seen in terms of any Laker team I've ever seen. And they have the talent to rebound better. They have the talent, but it's about sheer will, focus, and fundamentals. They don't have that. Everything is a drop, drop, shoot, drop, drop, shoot, pass, pass, sort of, shoot. That's all it is. 
when you can't fall back on your fundamentals when things aren't going well. So let's talk about that for a second. The Lakers had a dry spell at the worst time when they were, it was like right around the third quarter also where they didn't score for like three or four possessions and then Phoenix didn't score for three or four possessions. That right there, when you watched how they performed in those three and four possessions, strictly fundamental type basketball. The passing was terrible. The positioning was terrible. The, 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 the court balance was terrible. And they, 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 you can tell because the way their shoulders are just slumping when something doesn't go right. They're not engaged. They're not engaged. They're not wired to be engaged. Folks, doesn't matter if it's the 12th man on the team or LeBron James. Players, you've heard this before, players want to be coached. Now, there might be a little bit of a caveat there with LeBron because he has had a history of being a coach killer, and it's warranted. However, if it results in wins, he usually shuts the hell up. What happened to Frank Vogel when they started losing? He got kicked out. He didn't support him in doing anything. If LeBron had gone to Genie and Robin said, do not fire Frank Vogel, he's good. The hell with Westbrook. None of this would happen. None of this would have happened. We wouldn't have to deal with Darvin Ham era. But he doesn't do that. And he's done that kind of stuff his whole career. And it's one of the things, not all, one of the things that has kept him from winning more championships. And and in the end, when they when they close the book with, with on LeBron's career, it's gonna be one hell of a book. It's gonna have he's, he, he did he did a lot of things. But you all know, you've heard me say it before. It doesn't matter how many points he scored. doesn't matter how many games he played. doesn't matter. Nothing matters. All it's going to matter is this guy might end up playing 24 seasons before it's all said and done. He only won four championships. That's 20 years where he didn't win. And when it comes to NBA basketball, it's about winning. Especially when you have only five guys on the court. If it's baseball, if it's football, it's a little difficult to judge one player on that greatness but in basketball and you ask and you're a self-proclaimed greatest of all time yeah that's that's where you are with that and again guys this this discussion about lebron is about what the team personality is he is the leader he is the leader and they have adopted this leadership with the combination of darvin ham whatever that is and this is the result. Lack of fundamentals, lack of focus, lack of execution. Why? Because they're not about it. They're just not about it. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 123 to 113. They followed 31 and 28. They are 10th place in the Western Conference. Uh, they're still four games ahead of Utah, so I really see that the Lakers at this point are just fighting for ninth or tenth place in the Western Conference standings, uh, looking like they're going to have uh, quite a hill to climb to get even into the playoffs. At this point, it's efforts like these and games like these that really get cast doubt on the future of the Lakers at, at this point forward. And you said it best that it looks more and more like the Lakers are playing out the string in more ways than one, Joe. <clears throat> they had a chance to win this game. I don't know if they really had a chance to win in Golden State, really. That that one just seemed like Golden State had to win that game. They had they'd been off so many times against the Lakers. I think before that loss, the Lakers were 8-2 against them. Mm -hmm. Coming out of the break, being in the position they're in, Draymond Green hitting threes, it just 
that that game just it was it was the way the Warriors were going to win it, and that that was just kind of how how that night was going to go. I know LeBron didn't play, but maybe that's probably what LeBron thought. But then again, we never know. Now there's some folks on here that are saying that this is a LeBron bash, folks. You really coming with that? Who's the leader of the team? Who didn't run back on defense because he didn't get the call he wanted? How many times have we seen that this year? You guys, you guys know anything about leadership? Those of you who are comparing it to something? No, it has nothing to do with that whether it was his fault or not. He is the leader. If he's not running back on defense in a crucial part of the game and they score, whose fault is it then? Me? Gerald? You? It's not just that play. It's a microcosm of the entire aura of the team. So what do you what do you what do you want me to say? You want me to blame Austin Reeves? You want me to blame Phil Handy? Okay. I blamed AD for gallivanting with the camera people. You heard me say it. He does it like three or four times a game, right? You would think that you would adjust to that. But who called himself the greatest of all time? Who's putting hourglasses in their little uh, Twitter thingies? I'm not doing that. Gerald's not doing it. You're not doing it. What do you want me to say? You, this guy's focusing on hourglasses online. His team can't even rebound. You tell me. You tell me. If I'm running a business, the star player of an NBA team is the CEO of that team. The quarterback in the NFL is the CEO of that team. You tell me, if your company is failing, who the hell are you going to blame? Mother Teresa? Who? Who are you going to blame? You're going to blame the marketing department? Who's in charge? Who's in charge of hiring the marketing department person? The CEO. And when someone says, I'm the CEO, now what? Now who do we blame? Okay, wait a minute. It's not LeBron's fault. He had a good game. He scored 30 points and 20 rebounds. He had a good game. How many times did we see triple doubles from Russell Westbrook for three or four years? What did that result in? I'll tell you what it resulted in. You ever taken a dump and looked at your crap in the, in, in, in the toilet? That's what, it, that's what it resulted in. And he was the CEO of that team. It has nothing to do with whether it was directly his fault. It's his team. And his team has been lackluster for an entire year. He's the CEO. Where is the credibility? That's what I'm getting at. Who are we going to... And really, the word blame is kind of stupid. I don't want to say blame. It's the, the job is not getting done. So now what are we going to talk about? Who, who's in charge? Who's in charge then? You tell me. Who's responsible for this? One thing I want to ask. Who's responsible for pulling out a nonsense, doesn't help anything story about LeBron being courted by another team? What did that do for the Lakers for 2024? I think some of you all need to get out of your heads and start paying attention. It's entertainment. 
it's not that big a deal. There's more important things in life. But we're talking here. We're, we're, we're talking about this subject. And, and, and you can use this for real life stuff. You tell me, how are we supposed to respond? Are we going to blame Darvin Ham for everything in the world? Because that's the kind of culture we're in. We've been in that culture for a while. We just blame, 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 blame this, blame that, blame this. Okay, here's what I like to do. I like to blame the person who really has the, the, the who is the decision maker? That's the question. Who is the true decision maker here? If you want to blame somebody, you tell me. Is it Genie? Does Genie really control this team? Does Rob? Does Darvin Ham? Let me tell you this. If I was the head coach of the Lakers and LeBron said, hey, I'm going to sit out this game, I'd be like, what? Says who? No, I said I'm going to sit out. No, you're not sitting out. Otherwise, you're going to get fined. Oh, my God. We used to get players used to get fined for not showing up to practice and coming to game on time. What, what happened to that? Oh, we can't do that anymore, man. No, no, no. He might leave. Okay. There you go. I guess we have no choice. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 123 to 113. Uh, little Chris, thank you so much for the super chat. Truly appreciate it. He said the Suns had Bowl and KD and Nurkic on the floor while Ham had four guards. I understand that the rotations were hampered by the injuries and they were limited on the rotation. I, I cited part of it being the fact that your, your draft choices are absolute failures. So they weren't even, they're not even there in Phoenix. They're at South Bay. That's how bad they are right now when you need them the most because of these injuries. But also as well, Ham obviously not finding whatever you know ways he could go ahead and utilize the roster. But his excuse after the game for uh, not using Max Christie for those wondering why Max Christie didn't play, uh, you know, which I'm not one of those. But he said Anthony Davis's early foul trouble altered the rotation and led him to playing Max Christie later than he planned to. I don't know how that's still going to go ahead and make up for the fact you got absolutely killed on the offensive boards, 14 to three. I don't know what Max Christie's going to do there. I think he's missing the point. When he says these things, I always think he just does not clearly understand exactly what went wrong and how it affected the game. Okay, yes. <laughs> He doesn't know what he's doing. We can go into semantics all we want. He doesn't know how to coach. He, he's not a he's not a good. He should not have ever been a head coach. That guy just spews excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. So if your head coach is an excuse machine, what do you think your team's going to turn into? And if you're not, let's say you're Frank Vogel, who's a company man, who says all the right things and still puts the onus on the team and his ability to do something, you still don't get rewarded for Oh, and winning a championship, by the way, you still don't get rewarded. So at what point does this matter? That's why I fall back on the players. That's why I fall back on the, the people who really have control over this, because this league this sports environment in all areas has got, come down to kissing the ass of the stars and dealing with their bs at an at an astronomical level that i've never seen 
Well, when you let players make transactions, when you let players make those kind of calls, you don't let the GMs and you don't let the professionals up in the building, up in the offices who are actually scouting and paying attention to those details while you're out clubbing and uh, playing basketball, obviously, and yapping on, on social media, all of a sudden you know what this thing needs. Look what's going on in Milwaukee. Look what Giannis has done. Giannis is turning over, guys. Giannis is starting to get over that that nice guy thing, and now he's starting to turn into that, that bad guy making bad decisions thing. What's his brother doing on that team? What is this, a charity? Is this what it is? Is this is that you ask me why I get mad when you guys keep telling me about Bronny James coming and playing with LeBron? Why I get angry? Because of crap like that. Those guys don't belong in the NBA. You know how hard it is to play in the NBA? If you're gonna make some Taylor Swift shenanigans, then then what am I doing here? I don't want to watch this stuff then. I don't want it. I don't care whether it's the show, whether it's the game, no matter how much I love the Lakers. If this is what it's gonna come to, is this if this is where it's going? where we're going to be manipulating the draft or free agent pickups so that you can go get a player so that they can play and hold hands like it's at some charity event? You. I want professionals. I want greatness. That's what I want to watch. And I, I want to watch people who are playing professional basketball that can play professional basketball. I don't want heartfelt moments. I don't get too about any of that garbage. If I want to go watch a Hallmark movie, I'll go watch a Hallmark movie. Okay? I'm here to watch sports. I'm here to watch the best athletes on the planet perform. That's it. Not their family. Not their friends. I don't care where they live, what their house looks like, or what they do. Unless it, it's on the court. That's it. It's not that difficult, folks. Because when you guys get seeped into that garbage, that's when your brain starts to melt. But see, that's what makes money, right? That's what people want to feed. They want to know everything about everything, right? They want their, their lives are so boring and so pathetic that they got to live through some a-hole who would spit on them if they walked by them. It's not this guy's fault. It's not that guy's fault. It's irrelevant. We're just talking here. We're just talking about what we thought today. And how it's been the same damn thing all year. Can't rebound. Can't get, can't get in a good position. Can't hit shots when you really need it. What else do you want me to tell you? And, of course, Darvin Ham not knowing a rotation from his big-ass head. One, uh, once again, it is the Lakers' fast break. The Lakers do lose 123-113. to 113. It was noted uh, that this is the worst performance at the free throw line for the Lakers this year. Eight free throws total. So Lakers, uh, you know, talk about not getting the calls, but they also didn't force the tempo. They also didn't I, take it inside. I had mentioned on playback that AD, two fouls or not, you need to force the ball inside AD, and repeatedly they decided not to. No, they did at the beginning of the third quarter. Problem is he missed half the time or more than half the time. No, you didn't. For the most part, they didn't put the ball to No, AD. they didn't, but they, they tried in the third quarter, but it just wasn't working out. And they just went away from it. So and they went away from it, yeah. Yeah. But that, that happens. These are things that happen in a basketball game. 
It happens. Players miss shots. Sometimes you get away from certain things. But the things that should be mainstays is good positioning, good fundamentals, and effort. Now, effort in the areas you're, you're, you're deficient in. They were playing hard on offense, but they weren't playing hard on the other side of the ball. And unfortunately, if you can't balance it out, you're going to be in trouble. The second they hit a couple shots, all of a sudden it's a 10-point lead. Every time the Lakers got close, it would be some kind of run where they're up. To... The Lakers have done this the most this year, which is allow double-digit runs in a matter of a minute to two minutes. The Lakers are can be up one or down one, and all of a sudden they're down 10 in a blink of an eye. And maybe it's like this in, the, in, in, in all the NBA. But this team can't afford to do that because they're not really that kind of team. They don't have any clutch gene. They can't win games at the end, really. They haven't had a lot of close games like that, but they can't really – you can't depend on them hitting a game-winning shot normally. They – they close the gap, but they don't go over the gap. I love how this uh, chat is. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers fast break. Uh, everybody loves to just like change history or say this, say that about this individual right now who's playing well now on another team. But, if, you know, a month from now, if they're struggling or whatnot, everybody seems to forget about them. Yeah, it is the best Lakers chat room that's out there, Lakers fast break. But the narrative the narrative and the structure as far as what's going on seems to always deviate and change. I will say this, Joe, when it comes right down to it, the Lakers defensively have not been good. And it's not just this game. Since the All-Star break, it's been bad. Even before the All-Star break, we know they were winning, but they were outscoring, outscoring their opponents and they were shooting 50, 40, 80 that's really a hard thing to go ahead and, and lose when you're shooting that well. So who cares about the defense, right? Seemingly that seems that the Lakers, since they're this, this way, the season has been going when their offense has been bad, their defense has been good. Now their offense has been pretty good, but their defense has been gone, going awry. No, the defense has been bad all year. Uh, at, at times it was good. Like I said, when they like IST, they focused on the defensive end a lot more, created transition, and they created a lot of turnovers at that point in time. Now, not a lot of transition points other than those couple you know, slams that we saw from LeBron, but that in reason is part for the only eight free throws for the team today. Uh, my, my memory, if it serves me correctly, Phoenix, Indiana, New Orleans, uh, I don't know. I don't. That, that, that seems like a distant memory to me. I don't really... I didn't ever look at that run, whatever that was, as a barometer to what they were going to become later. It was simply a attention-getting month of what? Are we going to finish this season holding our head up high as the in-season tournament winners? Matter of fact, it's actually making the tournament look more stupid. Agreed. But they they did that because they figured out a way to make money from it. It doesn't really matter whether it sucked or not. People like things that suck these days. People support things that suck these days, so it doesn't matter. There is no consequence to any bad decision anymore. And you should know that better than anybody, Gerald, because you, you, you're very good in the video game world. 
Warner Brothers continues to take nice, you know, what's on everyone and they just keep sucking it up. Oh, they'll go online and complain like like the snatches they are, but they're still buying the stuff, but they're complaining. Oh, and they're putting content on online and, and giving them good publicity regardless because there's no such thing as bad publicity. As long as you keep talking about and branding that name more and more because of your complaints, it doesn't matter. Oh, and banks and loan loan people are still going to give those guys money. They'll never not have money. What is it? Is it Warner Brothers? Uh, what are they? Forty-four billion in debt. Yeah. Although, actually, I will say we had a conversation the other day about their streaming services don't make a profit out there. Uh, I know that quarter, the last quarter, I believe Netflix did. Max reported that they actually, because of the strike, where they didn't have to worry about making movies because they were, you know, the actors on strike last year, they actually ended up making a year over year profit for the first time for Max ever. They're, they're like the United States version of the movie business. <laughs> but you, can, let me... you can go in the debt all you want. It doesn't matter. Just print more money. And really that's what the NBA and the NFL are. It doesn't matter. They can, uh, didn't Jeannie take a loan out or something a few years back? What, the PPP loan? Uh, it might have been something else, too. I don't think it was the PPP loan. Okay, I'm uh, not familiar with it. Yeah, some of that stuff, I, I guess, came out that she took a loan to do certain things. or uh, There was somebody that took a loan out for... It might have been baseball. But anyways, the Lakers tonight, or today, I should say, depending on where you're at, uh, lost in a way they, they've been losing all year. It, it just wasn't... I wasn't shocked by the play because I've been watching it all year and going through the details of the game is really the only thing that changes on the show but it's the same cause it's the same symptom maybe it's a different disease but it's the same symptom or it's the same disease just different that particular day or that week we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It was disappointing again. We saw a substantial amount of Prince over Hashimura. Hashimura actually was playing well offensively in the first half. Yeah, defensively, he wasn't getting it done. And obviously the rebounding is, is still a sore spot for all of us because the way with that Nurkic dominated on that end. But again, it's just some of the things that ham does as far as his rotations, even if it is a short rotation and you have to give him a little bit of slack for today, but man, just, just some of the things he does is quite puzzling when you're short already on the rebounding end. The thing you don't want to do is get smaller by putting more guards out there, Joe. So he played Torian Prince and Spencer Dinwiddie 
50 minutes. Yep. 26 and 24, respectively. When you look at the Laker roster, you really have five good players, really. It's basically their starters. Their depth is just nothing. And that's, that's say, as far as the team construction, it just was never, there was never an opportunity or they didn't really focus on that particular opportunity to get this team at least seven to eight deep. Okay, Vandal's injured, Gabe Vincent's injured, but you guys, you're the ones that got him. We didn't get him. We knew their deficiencies. So why'd you get him? Why'd you get somebody more stable? And would Vando and, and Gabe Vincent make a difference? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know because they're not playing. But you can, As, are you going to blame injuries? Yeah. He's blaming a lot of things. Okay, okay. That, that's fine. Okay. Okay. Tell me, tell me why you can't rebound, though. Especially when I'm watching you and three people are ball watching. So let me ask you this. Uh, Z says disagrees with you that saying that uh, she does not believe what Joe's saying that Ham follows analytics. She says he clearly doesn't. All stats with Prince over usage is saying otherwise. Your thoughts on that? It could be Byron Scott situation where Byron Scott just was open about the fact that he doesn't do uh, analytics, doesn't go by analytics. I don't think it matters whether you do or not at this point. It's about not being able to execute the job. Even in Moneyball, what's the one thing that you heard in Moneyball when it was first coming out? They get on base. They get on base. So if you were doing analytics, you're probably right, Z. You would be able to gauge, hey, this guy gets rebounds in these particular moments. It, this, the stats say it. So then what is it? I, does he not like Rui? would be the real question I want to ask. Why not just play Rui 35 minutes a game? This guy's in his prime. What are you worried about minutes for? Are you worried about matchups? I'd rather play Rui with guards than anybody else on that team. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> At least he'll have a height advantage, and he's not terribly unathletic. He's a pretty athletic guy. Again, when you see so much of a reliance on one player as, you know, we thought when Ham started bringing Prince off the bench, okay, he's going to play him less. He's going to commit to less Prince, but it just does not seem like you're getting what you need to be getting with Torian Prince whenever he's in the game. It just, he gives you a couple three-pointers here, but he, on defense, you put him on the best players and he gets burnt repeatedly and he just doesn't do what he need to get done out there. It's just, he's a bit player, Joe, playing a much larger role than what we need him to be. This team only has five starters on its team. And then everyone else is either what would be on a championship team, a legitimate championship team would be a eight, nine or, or higher player. The only way you can get out of that, mentality is, is if, if you were able to be a scrapper a coherent scrapper I don't have any answer for you I don't know why he continues to play Prince as much as he does especially in these kind of games especially against a Phoenix team yeah uh, 
this is where he would struggle because you've got very athletic and very good perimeter players. Royce, Royce O'Neal, you have Grayson, you have Booker. You have these guys that are they can shoot anywhere and at any time and, and consistently make shots. That's the kind of game you don't want Prince in. You gotta let the you gotta beat those guys up on the other end then have a bigger player that they have to deal with. But if it's not one thing, it's another thing. It's it's just not a it's not a it's a fractured team and I I'm looking at, at Anthony Davis's line here and, and just I saw how he played other than this one little instance where it kind of frustrated me. Okay, he got into foul trouble. Well, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but he's been getting into foul trouble lately. Why do you think that is? He's trying to cover more and more and more. If, I, I implore most of you, and most of you do it, and I commend you for it, but for those of, those of you who don't, I want you to really pay attention. Be like a parent watching their kid play. Don't watch the ball. Ball is the easiest thing to follow. I want you to watch the players. Try and watch the players sometimes for like five minutes and see how they operate, especially when they're on defense. Then you're not worried about the ball so much because it's not the Lakers' ball. And just really see how those guys maneuver shift, bounce, jump, whatever. It'll tell you the story. When I look at AD, AD, AD is tired. Not physically, maybe a little bit, but mentally tired that he can't do everything. The Nurkic thing, okay, he's getting beat down, right? Why all of a sudden Jokic and and, and, and guys like Nurkic can take AD. Remember what AD did to Jokic in 2020? Was it because Jokic wasn't blossomed yet? I don't think so. I think the fact that he had KCP, Kuzma, and Caruso around him made it a little bit easier to focus on one guy. And if you watch how he played against Jokic in the last game against Denver, you saw that he was containing him pretty well because apparently that game the Lakers were pretty, pretty good on the defensive end most of the game. So there's a lot to this. Watch the game without following the ball, and you'll see some of the major deficiencies that this team has. And it's not always all talent. It's it's a philosophy. And it's hard to throw that at Darvin Ham a little bit. Frank Vogel is a defensive coaching savant. This is a guy that almost took out LeBron in his prime a couple times. If a couple free throws go a certain way, Indiana was close to beating Miami. That close doesn't mean jack squat, but point is, the defense, he made Roy Hibbert a runner-up defensive player of the year. That's how good he is at coaching that particular side of the ball. So everything everything connects. Everything has to flow. Everything makes everything is important. Ownership, executive, coaching, players all being together. All that matters. There's a few people that have bucked the trend in the past, but those teams needed Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. If you notice, both of the teams that are broken, they don't, they don't, they don't last too long. Milwaukee, you're seeing Milwaukee do that right now. How Philly doing it? You saw the Rockets do it, and of course, we're starting to see Golden State do it. 
So my friend, as we uh, close out the show, we're getting closer to the end. It is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 123 to 113. They fall to 10th place in the Western Conference, 31 and 28 overall in the season. Uh, the next game is technically on the road. You always call it a home game, of course, the Crypt, when they play against the Clippers. I believe it's on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Where do we stand, my friend? The Lakers are now 10 games out, 10th place. Uh, looks like they will be still in the play-in mix somehow. But this team right now is really reeling right now, and this is not the way you wanted to come out of the All-Star break. The Lakers are due a win. I believe they have a good shot at winning this next game. This will probably pump them up enough, and they'll come back home, and there's a chance they might rise to the occasion on this one. The Lakers are destined to be the 10th team, in, in my eyes, from what I've seen. They have a couple of days off here to, to really get their brains back to normal here. You beat L, you beat the Clippers on Wednesday, then you face uh, a Jerry, a, 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 a John in, in the Wizards the next night. You win those two games, now you're, you've got some momentum going into Den or playing Denver a couple nights later. I do want to mention before we go, Joe, about the rookies. Uh, Colin Castleton, it was reported during the game. It was like stealth reporting uh, that Colin Castleton is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Broken wrist, so we don't know how long he'll be out. Uh, but anybody who had hopes for Colin Castleton playing on the big team, uh, that looks like it's going to be dashed for a little while. But the fact that JHS and Maxwell Lewis were not activated for this game, even with the Lakers so shorthanded because Cam Reddish as a game-time decision was held out. Looks like he'll probably be back for the next game, most likely. I know we're, we're all hoping on Cam Reddish. What does that say? But when it comes what Joe, when it comes to the, the draft choices, it tells you that exactly how bad the Lakers missed on this draft when we're over 50 games into the season, Joe, and still you cannot count on, even when you need them the most, your first or your second round draft choice giving you anything at all this season. And they needed it this year more than any year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a bummer. It's a bummer they couldn't at least cover that one area where they – and this was – this was with all the joy of being able to keep that pick, seeing that parts of last year, the Pelicans were sitting one and the Lakers were sitting on 15. There was a, what, a couple days where the Pelicans were one and the Lakers are at 15 or 14. I was like, man, is this really going to happen? Are they really going to get a top three, top five pick <laughs> and, and be a one seed maybe? No, no. Uh, Chicago got that, by the way. Chicago with Carolina and the NFL got that. Uh, so it's possible that shoot Lakers and the Celtics did it in the 80s a few times. But yeah, that, it's just a, a, a culmination of bad decisions in every, in every angle, every direction. But you could solve some of that if you just did, did, the, did the fundamentals. If you stuck to the fundamentals. And not just on basketball, just in, 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 in the mental part of the basketball operations, but they, they were, they're, they're not there. There's no, no one is left to do their job anymore. I don't think because they're always trying to compensate for some person or thing that, that is more important. 
and the personality is different in this particular time where let's let's look at i i know i'm, I'm kind of over talking about this because i keep I feel like i keep mentioning the same people but uh, you know looking back in the 90s when there was rift between management and the the bulls players they didn't go anywhere they toughed it out and still won why because they had this feeling led by michael obviously that they're like you ain't gonna pay us yeah we're gonna make you look stupid if i keep winning now they underestimate how stupid jerry reinsdorf was in terms of that he's a smart businessman obviously but the fact that you had a management that didn't want to keep going when they were winning it just it's mind-boggling how you how can you not blame the players for for doing what they did when all you had was management and ownership constantly telling you you weren't you're winning but still not good enough we're gonna go get dan marley we're gonna go get tony kukoc how about focusing on the team right now no Everybody had to have their you-know-what measured and, and who was bigger and who was more important. Fast forward it for 25, 30 years later, we have to worry about what some kid at USC is going to do next instead of winning championships. We have to worry about hourglasses on social media. We have to worry about a story about an almost trade. Remember we were crapping on the almost bounce pass that went through or the deflection it's not good and this is this is the this is the result so it's not a surprise once again it is the lakers losing 123 to 113 i'm on with joe sorrow aka dr death aka ox 1947 here at the lakers fast break if you have any questions for us at lakers fast break at yahoo.com or at lakers fast break on twitter uh, last uh, Lakers fast break on Instagram, courtside Lakers on Instagram as well, but also as well, Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. And also you can put in the comments as well. Joe, when are you doing the nightcap for tonight? I'm still thinking about time at, at the moment, but I will have to uh, jettison myself here in a few minutes. Uh, I have to uh, tend to more business. Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Yes, business uh, this, this weekend. Well, I think what's happening is our, our our busy times are March, and it's coming. The eyes of March are coming, or the turf of March is coming, I should say. So I'm trying to make up some ground here uh, yesterday and today and trying to get in my personal stuff as well as much as I can. Well, I'll tell you what. Whenever Joe tells me to set it up, I'll set it up for the nightcap tonight. But there I'm going to be... say 9 o'clock. Oh, a little bit earlier night. Okay. Nine o'clock is a sweet spot for an early game. This is obviously really early, but nine o'clock that gives our late people at least a chance to maybe watch an hour before they go to bed. If they go to bed that late. Oh, there you go. Okay. It'll be 9 PM Pacific. Then yes. I'll schedule it out for you. Thank you. It's Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrow. And uh, with but... that again, thank you guys for the good discussion. Even yep. if I come at you, I thank you for those questions. It, Agreed. It livens the, it livens the show. Yes. We want to be challenged. I want to be challenged. I want you to tell me I'm wrong because I want to talk about that. Why am I wrong? That's important. If I'm wrong, then I'll say I'm wrong. But if I'm not wrong and you say I'm wrong, then I'm going to come back and say, well, I don't know about that. But then again, it's always left to interpretation, right? 
Yep. It's always left to interpretation. So maybe none of us are wrong and none of us are right. But that's, again, good banter, good, clean fun on the Lakers fast break post game after a Laker loss. <laughs> that's true indeed. But once again, the Lakers do lose 123 to 113. So for Joe Soro, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching this thing. For everyone, for the thousands of people that were watching the game, with us at the Lakers Fast Break. Thank you from everywhere from Kenya to the Philippines, Trinidad, Tobago, Bas uh, Nassau, and Bahamas, uh, wherever in the US and Canada, Europe, wherever you're at watching us, it is truly appreciated. Thanks to the best Lakers chat room that's out there, everyone that's part of it. We do thank you for watching, listening. This is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Sorrell. Stay tuned later tonight for a Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell at 9 p.m. Pacific. Until then, Thank you so much. Lakers do lose. 10th place in Western Conference. Will they get it back again on Wednesday? We'll find out. But we'll always talk about it right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.